He's so good. Um, I don't really feel like I'm gonna. I, I was I was counseled not to preach um, by several people, and I'm not really planning on preaching, although that sometimes happens. But um, I already kind of knew what I wanted to share with my family, and so um, you as my extended family of God, I felt like I just want to bring you in a little bit on, on our, my journey, maybe. It's, it's really kind of just personal. And if it, if it helps you, if it's a blessing to you, then great. Uh, it may just say, I got to know something about uh, John and his relationship with the Lord and his journey. Cause, but I, I, I did want to do it because we've been on the journey together. Um, you all have joined with us in praying for my mother and um, so you in some ways, uh, it's not even in some ways, you in, in many ways have been been on the journey with us. And so, um, you know, I don't think there's, you know, I don't have a lot of answers or anything. I'm not up here to try to explain all the, I don't know that I ever will. Um, I'll leave that up to the Lord. But I do want to just kind of, you know, share some things from my journey that may help you in this journey that you've been on with us as well. And it starts um, by, I'm just, I just want to share, um, if you want to turn in your Bibles, it's in Daniel chapter 3. And it's the story of the account of Shadrach, Meshach, and, to, and Abednego. Or their Hebrew names are Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Either way, it's weird names, okay? <laughs> so which are, or Rack, Shack, and Benny, if you watch Veggie Tales. And what I want to do is just uh, read the account first, and then I'm just going to uh, share you how, how the Lord spoke to me, um, use this to speak to me and, and to minister to me. Um, Daniel is is a book where all the people got deported. They got taken to another country and and kind of enslaved at first. And um, if you know the story, if you don't, I'll tell you real quick. There was they took all the young guys and they started training them up because they were going to train up all the young Hebrew is um, Jews in the ways of, of Babylon and. Uh, you know, it's, it's a very, very smart thing to do is you take all the young ones and get them part of your culture. Uh, but Daniel and his friends, three friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, I'm just going to use those names for them. Um, they, didn't, they didn't enter in. You remember they said, Don't, just give us vegetables and water. And, and then Daniel came before uh, the king and was the only one to, who could interpret Nebuchadnezzar's dream, which is really this strange dream about all this stuff. And and so so Nebuchadnezzar puts Daniel in charge of the whole region. I mean, in charge of the whole empire. I mean, it's really quite amazing. It's kind of like the story of Joseph, where it's like, oh my gosh, how did that happen? And Daniel then says, hey, I got three buddies that I want you to get a job too. And so they, it says they, those three guys were put in charge of different administrative provinces. And so that's where we get to chapter 3. And it says, King Nebuchadnezzar made an image of gold. This is right after he just said, Daniel, your God is the real God. 
And then I don't know how much longer it is, but he had a short memory. He made an image of gold 90 feet high and 9 feet wide and set it up on the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. He then summoned the satraps, prefects, governors, advisors, treasurers, judges, magistrates, and a bunch of other people and said, hey, come celebrate this dedication. So all those people came. I'm just going to skip a few of these and said, there was a herald that went out and said, hey, whenever, whenever you hear the sound of the musical instruments, you must fall down and worship the image of gold that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. Whoever does not fall down will be immediately thrown into a blazing furnace. Um, that's like the call to worship that works every time. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> there's, there's like, uh, you know, the, the uh, fear and guilt one. If you don't, you know, come kneel before God right now, he's going to throw you into hell. Man, I'm going to kneel, you know, why not, you know, just in case. Uh, so don't, don't do that. Um, that's, that's the Nebuchadnezzar way, not the God way. And so, uh, that, so then the music starts, and you know what? Shockingly enough, all the people fall down and worship the thing, or, or at least look like they are, you know, fl- flaming furnace, good motivation. And so so then it says, at this time, some of the astrologers came forward and denounced the Jews, saying, King, look, you live forever. You issued a decree. This is verse 10, if you're following. You issued a decree that everyone should fall down when they hear all the sounds of the music. And that whoever does not fall down is going to get thrown in the blazing furnace. Uh, You know, but there's these three guys that you've just put in charge of Babylon uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who pay no attention to you, O king. They neither serve your gods nor worship the image of gold you have set up. Uh, furious with rage, Nebuchadnezzar summoned Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and so they came before the king. And Nebuchadnezzar asked them, Is this true? Um, basically, just asked them the question. It says, uh, and tells them, Look, if you don't, I'm going to give you one more shot. And if you if you'll just bow down, then I'll forgive you and we can go back to having a nice day. Um, Verse 16, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego replied to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to save us from it. And he will rescue us from your hand, O king. But even if he does not. We want you to know, O king. That we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you've set up. That's that's huge right there. Then Nebuchadnezzar was furious with them and his attitude toward them changed. I don't It seems like he was already upset, but it changed even more. Uh, He ordered the furnace heated seven times hotter than usual and commanded some of the strongest soldiers to tie them up and throw them in. So these men, wearing their clothes, were bound and thrown into the blazing furnace. The king's command was so urgent that the furnace so hot that the flames of fire killed the soldiers who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, firmly tied, fell into the blazing furnace. Then King Nebuchadnezzar leaped to his feet in amazement and said, Weren't there three men that we tied up and threw into the fire? And they said, Certainly, O king. He said, Look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound and unharmed. And the fourth looks like a son of the gods. And then, as you know, he he calls them out and they say, you know, they respond and he again worships. Uh, It's just interesting that God is 
throughout the book of Daniel, it's just a revelation. God's just trying to reveal himself to the people. I mean, he's, he's trying to show himself even in the middle of all this stuff. He's, he's reaching out to the people of Babylon saying, I'm here. I'm God making himself known to them. Now you're saying, okay, that's interesting. How does that relate to, to the journey? Um, as we were, and hopefully this is not too difficult for my family here, so I uh, apologize in advance. <laughs> uh, we can forgive each other later if we need to. Um, as we were, uh, as I was going to, where was that? Colorado Springs. Um, flew out to L.A. for some meetings, as you remember, and we were going to have a vacation. Um, I do want to say that, man, it was kind of a, you know, the enemy not only, you know, messed with my family. He took my vacation and he took my pastor's retreat away and he made my library books due late. And so, I mean, there's just a lot of stuff. I mean... <laughs> And as I as I was going, I remember, I, I mean, my if you didn't didn't know the whole story, and you know, I, this is probably a continuation of yesterday. So, sorry, I'm not, actually I'm not sorry. Somebody said Foursquare pastors always apologize. I'm not really sorry. Um, and so, uh, I I kind of had this thought at some point, and I'm I I, I didn't remember it till just recently that as I was going, I was like. Uh, I just thought of Daniel. I thought I just thought of this story. I'm not sure where Daniel is in this story, but he's not in it. So I guess he was exempt. But um, I just thought, man, I, the scripture came to me. Even even if he doesn't rescue, I won't bow. And that's what I felt like the Lord, Lord spoke to me. And so as we went, and my mom as she had a bunch of internal bleeding, and my brother believed she was really gone and came back, um, that she stopped breathing uh, she bled internally because the cancer had spread to other places. And uh, paramedics had to come. And just a terrible, traumatic experience for my dad and my brother. Um, which, you know, I, for some re- whatever reason, God spared me from that. And and as I was coming, I just felt that scripture kind of for a brief moment. And then it just went on. And I think the second night we were there, you know, we'd been praying. And we're just, you know... It, you know, it, we knew we needed a miracle the whole time, but it just become maybe it becomes more real. You know, when you're like, oh wow, um, this is there's there's not even a little bit of hope in the natural. I mean, there there's no hope. And that night I went to sleep, and I and I was awakened in the night, and I was I was wrestling with with fear. Fear was just uh, it was just I mean I felt this 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 I'm sure it was demonic uh, was just coming at me and I, I was I felt like I was fighting it and, and wrestling it and I didn't know uh, I was going Lord I'm, I'm not I don't want to give in to fear I don't want to uh, you know, I, I don't want this you know, I'm not going to be afraid I don't want to be afraid in this time I don't want this thing to rule my heart and 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 I and so at that moment I begin to uh, I looked up at the clock which I, I do sometimes and it was 323 and immediately I heard the words Daniel and then I heard this song in my head immediately, and it and it it's a Rick Pino song, and it began to sing, and it, he sings a song. There's a fourth man standing there in the fire. There's a fourth man standing there in the fire. You're not alone. 
you're not alone. And I began to just just hear that song. It was almost like God was singing it to me or something. And, and the fear just, just began to leave. And I, I said, okay, Lord, I'm, I'm trusting in you. And so I woke up the next day and was like, that was weird. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I woke up, you know, to drag myself out of bed. I was like, man, I got to check. I got to see if, I mean, I couldn't remember. I was like, is Daniel 3, is that like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Is that where that is? And I was like, I don't remember. Uh, and so I, I look it up and I go to right to 323. And it says, and these three men, firmly tied, fell into the blazing furnace. I was like, oh, wow. And then in verse 25 is right where, you know, it says the fourth man is standing there in the fire. And and here's the deal. In this journey with, with the Lord, sometimes I think we have to be like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And the line they said, which is, this is what how the Lord brought me through this, or has been bringing me through, is, uh, God, even if you don't, I won't bow. Even if you don't, Lord, I won't bow to fear. I won't bow to cancer. I won't bow to uh, unbelief. I won't bow to whatever whatever else is out there. Uh, I'm not going to bow down and give my honor to, to those things. Even if you don't, Lord, I'm not going to bow. If I go into the fire and you don't answer my prayer, I won't bow. And I think we can take this two ways. The, the way I took it was, was you can take it like, oh, God, I'm not going to bow. I'm going to stand firm. and Oh, yeah. You know, you kind of work it up type thing. But the way I took it was this. Jesus, I trust you enough that I can pray and not have my prayer answered and you can still take care of me. And that's what I did. Because I think God's big enough that we can go all in with Him and pour our heart out to Him and, you know, do whatever we know to do. Whether it's wrong or not, we just, you know, just go with what whatever brick, whatever hole you're seeing through in the wall to use that theme. So we just keep looking through that. And that God is big enough and great enough and good enough to bring me through that I'd rather I'd rather go all in with him say Lord I'm just going to trust you and and I know you're big enough to take care of me if my prayer doesn't isn't answered the way I think it should be and I think that's a healthy way to look at it at least at this point it may I you know in in 2 years I may look back and go man you were so out of it you don't know what you're talking about that could be true but that's that's just what's been going on in my heart. And I believe the Lord just wants to continue to allow us to be risk takers and not risk takers out of an aggressive personal strength, but risk takers out of uh, a collapse of faith in his arm saying, God, I trust you so much that I'm going to go for it and I'm just going to lay down and. Man, if if something rolls me into the fire, because you know what? In all of our lives, there's always a, an idol being set up, and there's always people in our lives putting something in front of us, saying, "Hey, just just give into this." 
And it's not the thing, you know, I'm not talking about, hey, would you go do something horribly sinful? I mean, it may be, but most of the time it's not it's not stuff like that. It's just it's just a little things saying, you know, the thing is set up in front of us says, hey, just just give into this. You know, just don't you, you can't you can't trust God in this. Just just let just let go of him for a little bit and trust this. And I believe that the Lord will give us the strength to say, look, I'm not going to uh, even if he doesn't save me. I'm not going to bow. I'm not going to I'm not going to worship that thing. That thing can't take care of me. That thing cannot hold me. That thing cannot bring me through. Whatever it is, it's not going to touch me. And so man, there's there's a lot more that God has been doing, but I want us to just um you know, and I, I don't even want to talk about healing right now. I believe in healing more than ever, uh, first of all. I, I don't think um, to to watch someone die like that, that was the most disgusting and horrific, nasty thing I've ever seen in my life. I think it grieves God. I mean, death is not normal. Just remember that. But that w- it wasn't like we shouldn't ever think death is normal. Just like sin's not normal. You don't sin because you're human. I mean, anyway, that's a different sermon. So, I mean, none of, you don't die because you're human. That's that's not, it's not natural. It's, and that's why it feels so disgusting. And, you know, I mean, I think it makes, you know, makes God want to just vomit and, and weep because it's so sick. And that's why I'm so thankful that he beat death. I mean, that's why God had to beat death. It's, there's nothing good about it. We should never, oh, it's it's good. Yeah, God beat it. That's why... It can be good after it, but don't make the thing that is that is disgusting good. Um, that's why sometimes we disconnect with the world. Oh, it's so good that they died. Well, it's it's good because God beat death, but de- the death is not good. Uh, let's not call something that's that's evil, and then people are like, Oh yeah, you you think it's disgusting too? Oh yeah, I connect with that. So anyway, I just. Uh, if that helps you in your journey, then I'm I'm thankful that, uh, you know, as a church we've continued we've had a lot of apparent defeats uh, in terms of praying for people and and not seeing the result, um, and so it's, I guess it's my encouragement is I think the Lord is just calling us to press on and hold on to Him and let Him hold on to us and and just to collapse into Him and say you know what we're uh, my God is so good that I don't even have to bow to that. And even if he doesn't save me, he can take care of me. Uh, he is so good. He is so great that I'm trusting him. And I want us just to, to, to listen to the Lord, to take a few minutes. If you want to play that, play this song. This is a Carrie Job song that uh, that really ministered to me. There was a time when uh, I got in my mom's car and, you know, she has the same CDs playing over and over again. They're all, there's four Living Way worship CDs which she's had since she was here. Uh, there's one Christ for the Nation, and then there's one Carrie Joe, which I gave her uh, Mother's Day or birthday uh, before this journey started, is what Ashley says. I don't remember. And so there's a song at the end that's just so powerful that just talks about, God, I know that you're for me. And so I just want us to take just a minute here, and you and God... If there's anything, you know, he needs to speak to you at this time, and maybe he just wants to, to minister to you. So God, just, just lead us. Uh, play that for us.
Daddy God, we just thank you. If God is for us, who can be against us? And we know you gave us that word right in the middle of the section where it says, nothing can separate us from the love of God that is in Jesus Christ. And we thank you for that love, Lord. We thank you for your spirit in us, carrying us on, Lord. We just, we trust in you, Father. Thank you for this time uh, to be together as a, a church family this morning, Lord. I'm just thankful for for who they are to me and to my family, Lord. And Lord, let your blessing rest upon them in an amazing way. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Be blessed as you go. and just thank you.